The word of God to which I would invite your believing attention for a few minutes this morning is our first lesson for today. As it's written in the book of Jonah, it begins in chapter 3 with verse 3 and continues into chapter 4 through verse 4. In the name of Jesus, our one and only Savior from sin, your fellow redeemed. As a volunteer who leads Bible studies in six of Wisconsin's prisons and conducts worship services in the seventh one, the state of Wisconsin requires, or I should perhaps say the Department of Corrections, requires that I go through volunteer orientation every year. At least one time every calendar year, I have to go through that volunteer orientation. I've been through it, I don't know how many times now. At first, when I first started serving in our ministry, it wasn't that way, but about five years ago, they made it an annual requirement. You have to go through volunteer orientation, otherwise, they very nicely say you can't come into the prison and lead a Bible study. So I do it. And part of that orientation is a long list of very specific do's and don'ts. There are things that the Department of Corrections wants their volunteers to do. In fact, there are some things that are mandated by law. I must do. If somebody ever says to me, I've been sexually assaulted, that's something that I must report. I have no options. If I don't report that, I could be legally charged with a felony. So I get that list of do's and also some don'ts, and those are as important too. There are things that the state of Wisconsin, the Department of Corrections says, don't do that. And if I did something I wasn't supposed to do, well, I would get yelled at at least. Maybe even I would have my privileges to go into prisons revoked, and I would no longer be able to be a volunteer in Wisconsin's prisons. So they give you that list of do's and don'ts, and you do well to pay attention to it and to follow it every day that you're in any of Wisconsin's prisons. In a similar way, if one of the members of our Wisconsin Synod wanted to be a, a pen pal for a man or a woman who's in prison, our Synod has a, a, a booklet of information about that program, that pen pal program. It's very good. And I would encourage any of you that would perhaps like to do that to ask for a copy of that book so you can give it some more thought. And included in that booklet for possible pen pals to men and women in prison is also a list of do's and don'ts. There are certain things you should do, of course. You should share your faith. You should share the Word of God. You should talk about your Savior Jesus. At the same time, there are things you should not do. Don't do these things, the list says. Don't talk about personal information. Don't ever use your last name. Don't talk about where you and your family live. Don't talk about where you work. Don't do any of that. 
Because, well, you never know who's going to maybe look at your letter, who's going to read, who's going to see your name. You just don't know. So don't share any personal information at all if you're a pen pal with somebody in prison. Do's and don'ts, they can many times in life be important, can't they? In the Word of God before us this morning, we have some do's and don'ts. Our God, through his word, tells us, do, like, like Jonah, do share the good news of God's word. But don't be like Jonah either. Don't be like Jonah. Instead, rejoice when people believe the good news that you share with them. You know the story of Jonah very well, don't you? God had decided that because of the extreme sinfulness of the people of the city of Nineveh, the capital city of the Assyrian Empire, he was simply going to wipe that city off the face of the earth. And all the thousands of people who lived in that city would be dead. But a loving God was going to give the people of Nineveh a warning. And so he called, he called Jonah to, to be his prophet, to go to the city of Nineveh to tell the people, 40 more days and God will wipe your city off the face of the earth. 40 more days and you will be destroyed. But you know what Jonah's reaction was. Instead of heading east to the city of Nineveh, he headed the other direction. I don't know if that way is west or not, but pretend it is, okay? He headed west, not east. He headed just about as far west as you can get before you get to the Atlantic Ocean. He headed to present-day Spain on a boat, sailing the Mediterranean. And you know what God did to stop Jonah. He sent a storm, a fierce, a severe storm, so bad that the ship was almost sinking. And when all of the sailors got together and tried to figure out why their God or whoever God might be sending this, this flood, this storm, why why God is doing this, Jonah spoke up and said, well, I think it's my fault, fellas. <laughs> my God told me to do something, and I, I, I said no. He said, go that way, and I, I'm going the other way. I think maybe if you throw me overboard, the storm will subside, and you won't die. So that's what they did. And then you know what God did, of course, no well. He sent a, a, a large fish, some kind of a sea creature, to swallow Jonah whole. And for three days and three nights, Jonah survived in the belly of that fish. Until God said to the fish, now spit Jonah out up on dry ground again. And that's what the fish did. And then God spoke to Jonah a second time, and this time Jonah listened. This time, Jonah got up and headed to Nineveh. And when he got there, he began to walk into the city. It was a very large city. 
It took a three days walk to get from one side to the next. And he told everybody in Nineveh, in 40 more days, God is going to wipe this city off the face of the earth. You're all going to be dead. And the word of God tells us how the people of Nineveh reacted. From the greatest, from the king, right on down to the lowest servant. They repented. They listened to what God was telling them through the prophet Jonah. And they begged for God's forgiveness. They changed the way they were living. And said, please God. Don't punish us as we deserve. And our God tells us that he lovingly listened to the people of Nineveh and relented. He changed his mind. You might say, well, God can't change his mind, and you'd be right. But he did change his mind. He said, I'm not going to destroy this city because the people of Nineveh have listened to my prophet and his warning. They've changed the way they're thinking about their sins and the way they're living their lives. They've repented. And so I'm not going to bring the destruction I said I would on them. And he didn't. And Jonah's reaction? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Jonah did what God wanted him to do, didn't he? I mean, sure, the first time he tried to run away, but, but you've got to give him credit. He still did what God wanted him to do. He went to that, that heathen, unbelieving city of Nineveh and told people what God wanted them to hear. And that's what God wants his disciples always to do to share the word of God with other people. Now, most of the time when we share the word of God with them, they're at least a little happy to hear what we have to share with them. But maybe not always. Sometimes, in fact, they might tell us to just shut up and leave them alone. And if they do, well... At least we tried. Sometimes they won't want to hear what God's law says. And we need to talk to them about God's law and how they're living their life. It's often that way with parents and children, isn't it? The children don't want to listen to mom or dad. And mom or dad say, oh, that's sinful. What you're you're doing or what you did? Mm Mm-mm. That's sin. And sometimes they scream and yell and get mad and say, I don't listen to you. You can't boss me around. But we need to share the word of God with our children, don't we? When God blesses us with children. And just because they're teenagers doesn't mean, well, they don't need to listen to God's word anymore. We need to bring our children to God's house, don't we? To hear and learn the word of God here. We need to do that too. Because, well, 
They need to hear God's word. They need to hear law and gospel, don't they? So we want to share that good news with, with our children by bringing them to God's house or, or by sending them to a Lutheran school, like that school right across the parking lot. But you've got friends and neighbors or co-workers with whom you can share the good news of God's word too. And our God says, that's what I want my disciples to do. He tells us, you are my witnesses. You live in the world. You work in this world. And there are people who need to hear the word of God from you. So share that word of God with them, law and gospel. And when they repent, when they repent, when they say, you know, you're right. What I'm doing, what I did, how I'm living my life is sinful. And I believe you when you tell me that a holy God is not happy with the way in which I have been living my life. And I'm so thankful to hear the good news about a Savior named Jesus who loves me and died for me. I mean, you just told me that, right? And we smile and say, right? Yep, he loves you. He died for you. Your sins are forgiven. And through faith in him, you're going to have eternal life in heaven. When they repent of their sin and trust in Jesus as their Savior, then our God says, rejoice, be happy. And here we'll come back to Jonah. That's not what Jonah did, was it? When the people of Nineveh repented and God relented, Jonah got angry. He threw a fit like a little child. He sulked off all by himself. And God had to come and find him and say, Jonah, Jonah, what are you doing here? And when Jonah prayed, talked to God, he said, God, you know, this is why I ran away in the first place. This is why when you first told me, go to the city of Nineveh, I said, nope, nope, not going to do that. I'm going to go in the other direction. Because I knew, I knew the kind of God you are. I knew God and you tell me it's not true, I knew you are a gracious and compassionate God, a God who forgives sin, a God who doesn't want to punish sinner. Tell me you're not that kind of God. I knew that's the kind of God you are. And I knew, I knew that if I told the people of Nineveh that God's going to punish you because of your sins, they would repent and you wouldn't do it. I knew it, God. I knew it. And God had to teach Jonah a lesson, didn't he? It's not part of our sermon text, our scripture lesson today, but, but you know how God did that. With a plant that gave Jonah just a little bit of relief from the unrelenting heat. 
And when that plant died, Jonah was all sad. Oh, the plant died. Oh, oh my. And God said to Jonah, and yet you wanted me to wipe out thousands of sinners and not feel bad about that? Our God says to us, don't be like Jonah, who got angry when I forgave sinners in the city of Nineveh and didn't destroy them like I threatened to do. Don't be like Jonah. When you share the good news of God's word, when you, when you share the law of God and the gospel too, and somebody says, you know, you're right. I'm sorry. I've lived a horribly sinful life. Be happy. Rejoice with that sinner. Assure them that their sins are forgiven because that's the kind of God we have. A God who loves sinners and sent his son to be our savior. A God who forgives all your sins. It doesn't matter what they've been. It doesn't matter what you did or how you hurt other people. It doesn't matter if it was something you did or something you said or even just a sinful thought or desire or emotion. All those sins have been washed away by the blood of Christ. And whenever any sinner says, I'm sorry, God forgive me, you happily, happily assure them that a holy God does in fact forgive them because Jesus is our Savior. Don't be like Jonah. He got all angry when God forgave the people of Nineveh. Don't be like that. Don't do that. Smile. Be happy. And gladly tell people your sins are forgiven. Moms and dads, when your children come and say, I'm sorry, tell them they're forgiven. Don't tell them, oh, no big deal. Because sin is a big deal, isn't it? Don't say, oh, forget about it. No, they shouldn't forget about it. Because if they forget about it, they might do the same thing all over again, right? Don't tell them, uh, don't think about it even twice. No, they should remember that sin. When they come and they say, I'm sorry, I did something sinful, say, I forgive you and God forgives you too. And then give them a great big hug, huh? even your teenage sons and daughters. Give them a big hug, a long hug, and smile at them. When you've got a friend who says, I did something terrible, assure them of God's forgiveness. Smile. Shake their hand, perhaps, and tell them God forgives you. And if your sin hurt me in one way or another, then, okay, I forgive you too. That's what our God wants us to do, isn't it, as his disciples? to rejoice 
to be happy when sinners repent and trust in Jesus as their Savior. God's do's and don'ts do, like Jonah, share law and gospel, share the word of God with others, but don't be like Jonah when it comes to their response. Trust in Jesus and assure everyone else that Jesus loves them too. And be happy when they repent. Amen. Please stand.